Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Today, we are talking about two new Apple TV shows, Lessons in Chemistry and The Buccaneers. There are six episodes out for Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, seven, I think, as of this morning. Do we? Did you catch up this morning? No, I was watching The Buccaneers still. Okay, good. I really wanted to watch Lessons in Chemistry instead, but alas, we will get into that. And there are four episodes of The Buccaneers out. Although five, maybe as of today, when do those ones come out? Those come out on Wednesdays. Okay. So not five, definitely four. Yes. So I'm caught up on both and you are also caught up on both. both. So yeah, we're going to be talking about those two shows today. We are going to get into some specifics and some spoilers for the first six episodes of Lessons in Chemistry and the first four episodes of The Buccaneers. But we're going to start without spoilers and just talk about those two shows, talk about what we like and don't like at a high level to maybe convince you or unconvince you, persuade you or unpersuade to watch either or both of those shows. So which one do you want to start with, Jenny? Let's start with Buccaneers. That's freshest on your mind and it's shorter. Um, and there's like less to unpack a little bit because Lesson the Chemistry also both read the book. So I think maybe let's start with the Buccaneers. Um, I will say, we'll let you know when the spoilers begin. So yeah, don't worry about it. The Buccaneers is a show I was not expecting you to watch, Jess. I was not expecting me to watch it fully, <laughs> fully thought that was going to be a, like, Je- Jenny assignment. Jess will just be like, yeah, maybe someday if I'm bored, I'll watch that. It seemed a little more fun, I guess, after you described it. And I heard other people saying, no, I guess it was really just you. I don't know. I felt like, well, maybe it looks a little fun. But typically I don't touch period dramas. I just know myself well enough at this point to know there's no point in trying. I can't say that it's like a heavy drama though. So that's where I think I was like a little more drawn in by like the Gossip Girl comparisons and the like people saying it was like a little CW-esque. And I was like, oh, it's been a while since I had a fun little CW show. Like Riverdale's over. I need I need like a dumb show. I don't really have any. Yes. But it is so beer. And it is, it is like it is the comparisons of Bridgerton with Little Women with like Gossip Girl all sort of make sense, but it is sort of it is also its own thing. I'm interested in what you liked and what you didn't like from the first four episodes. Before we do that, I'll give like a very quick okay. So it's yeah, it's like loosely based on this Edith Wharton novel, or is it based? It's literally adapted from, adapted from an unpublished, adapted. that's what it is, unpublished Edith Wharton novel. And unfinished. I should have had you do this. Do you want to do the premise? <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing my best, but it's not. Yeah, no worries. Uh, no, I I fully went in without giving anyone any context. It's, yeah, so it is adapted from an unfinished, unpublished Edith Wharton novel called The Buccaneers. If you want to read it, you can. Um, I actually started getting into some of the like literary criticism of the books and then realized that there were spoilers in there. And so I stopped, but it's interesting. The characters are slightly different in these episodes and in this series, obviously it's a little bit more brought up to the like modern ways we think about characters now, although it ties in really well with what I think the source material is. So it's these young women in America, daughters of America's new money who get the chance to go over to London for the like coming out time of year. So the oldest girls get to be, I guess, paraded around and uh, shown off as potential, potential suitors, potential wives, I guess is the correct term. And then the, their sisters and the other girls get to come along. 
And so it's like a lot of, I think the the log line that they're using, not even log line, the, the tagline on their posters is lock up your lords, which is a little pithy and fun. Um, and so it's this like rambunctious American energy and this uptight British energy with, if you're familiar with period dramas in England, there's a very buttoned up, like repressed energy and the new American money is very much the opposite of this. So it's this clash of cultures and it's a fun time, teens, early twenties, women and men trying to figure out what love is and also how to live in society. Did you know? Because unfortunately, Jenny, we do all live in a society. Yes, Jess. Did you know that there was a 1995 TV miniseries version of this? No, I did not. When I tried to look this up on IMDb, I found there, yes, there was one in 1995 starring Carlo Gugino as Nan St. George. You know who that is. That doesn't... No. What? I mean, maybe. So she, well, she's in... <laughs> Say it again. Recently, she's been in all of the Mike Flanagan stuff, The Fall of the House of Usher, Hill House... By manner stuff you haven't seen but she's the spy kids mom that is your bag oh yes wow interesting well was she nan yeah she was nan interesting i would love to watch that and yeah i don't know if there's huh. like a place we can watch that or if it's like any good at Find all it. but it popped <laughs> up and okay so you asked me what i like and what i don't like i will say i like the energy as much as i thought i would i guess like the parts of it that i thought would be more fun and like cw-esque like i think they are it's a entertaining enough little little show i hate almost every single person in this show though and i think we joked like recently on a podcast that all my favorite shows have unlikable characters but they're all satires like everyone in the white lotus is terrible everyone in succession is terrible but we're making fun of them like it's terrible but they're supposed to be terrible and it's a little like tongue-in-cheek and obviously satirical this i'm not sure they're supposed to be like obviously like the one i won't we'll say more later but obviously some of them are bad like in the spectrum of good versus bad like yeah there's like the good characters and the bad characters but everyone sucks i just don't like anyone oh except one i I like the main character i think it's i was gonna say i think it's fair if you don't like anyone i don't think everyone sucks I think everyone is layered. I think a lot of people suck. But, Too many people suck for um, me to really like this show, I think is where I'm at right now. I don't care about any of yeah. these characters. They either suck or they're like super one-dimensional. Some of these characters have like no defining traits other than like Lord, lady, yeah. wife. Right. It's hard with such a large cast. There are so many girls, what, like five in the main group and then all of their potential suitors and then the mothers and like that crowd the like British lords and ladies. It's just like a lot to try to focus on when it's really this first part of the story is about Nan. And I mean, the other girls get some of the time to shine, but it's it's really where she's the main character. Yeah, I don't even know that. Like, yeah, I could have come up with that, but there's too many. I Like, I, she's obviously the main character, mm-hmm. but like how much screen time did she even get? Like, it occurred to me in episode three right. what they were doing with her character. And it took me that long to like... Wait, what do you mean? We'll say more later. We're really bad at doing the (laughs) non-spoiler stuff. Uh, I I will say if you like CW-ish stuff like Gossip Girl, like maybe watch this, but there's better shows to watch unless you're super into period dramas. Like that's my take on it. I just don't, I don't think this is a must watch right now after four episodes. I think, so just as you have not seen um, Bridgerton, I think if you like Bridgerton, but think that it's a little too 
I don't even know what, what word I'm going for here, but I, this is almost, I, I hesitate to say more refined Bridgerton. It is a slightly higher tier of television ever so slightly than Bridgerton, but it's the same, it's the same general premise. Like there's scandals, there's love, there's like love triangles, general premise, same, but like better music, better pizza, Papa John's. Anyway, Buccaneers, <laughs> you would like if you like. If you like Bridgerton, for sure. Uh, if you were hoping, I was really hoping for more on the Little Women side of things. With Nan, I think we get that. But as you were mentioning, Jess, it's such a small piece of the pie that it's more more if you like, yeah, the CW or like Bridgerton that you would like this. Do you like it? I guess I haven't really checked. Like I haven't checked in since your first review. Oh, yes. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. Okay. I'm liking it more than I like Bridgerton, if that says anything. I don't really I don't really understand Bridgerton. And like you said, I haven't seen it. So I have no leg to stand on here. But like, like, is it good or is it like Emily in Paris? Like bad but watchable because it's like stupid trash. Well, I would say uh, like think of it like you think of your romance novels. Like some of them aren't good, yeah. but they are better, like they're readable and they're fun. Okay. And that's that makes sense because that's Bridgerton. literally what they're based on, like a series of romance yes, exactly. novels that are kind of trashy. I I have to watch right. it one and day. I just, I have a period dramas plus like trashy romance. That's no, just not really, not really my thing. Right. And the Buccaneers is based more on, whereas Bridgerton is purely romance novels, the Buccaneers is sort of supposed to be a lens onto that society and how how these two cultures clashed, but also like how women can survive in what happens in these loveless marriages and like how all of that works. So it is more of an exploration of that rather than just people trying to find their true love and like hot people getting together. Yeah. Like (laughs) Like Bridgerton's like the beach read and Puckiners is like the could have maybe been assigned in high school English class, except with like a CW edge in this case. Warning. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's a weird vibe. Maybe that's my problem with it is it feels like tonally a little disparate. But I don't know that I've seen enough yeah. of either side, like the CW side or the interesting perspective. Like right now, it's just a lot of, I guess, character building set up. and set up. And yeah, it's a lot to take in. And it's just not super engaging me right now. Right. I was going to say because I like that like I I like this form of TV show and I like the general elements that we're working with. I'm willing to sit through the setup. Like I still find that enjoyable, but I could totally see how it could get a little bit boring. I might I yeah. might watch the rest, but if only for the soundtrack. I feel like the takeaway on this one for listeners is if you generally align with Jenny's taste, maybe you'll like this. And if you <laughs> generally align with mine, I don't think that you need to see this. Yeah, that's fair. Although I am watching it, so. Grain of salt. I do ever so much want to just be Kristen for a Froseth. Forseth. I can't remember. I pulled up her name so that I would she not do this. So but the main character. Everyone in that show is she's so pretty. Very lovely. Gorgeous. Shall we transition to lessons in chemistry? I've been literally so excited for this show to come out since I heard about it. it had to be over a year ago. Like this was in our look ahead at 2023 podcast. This was in like, I did a TikTok that was like, look at the shows that are coming out this year. And this was in it. Like, mm-hmm. I literally have been so excited. And I have to say, 
is pretty much living up to it. I've been loving this. Wow. I like, like this might be one of my favorite shows of the year. I do have qualms and we can get into those later. Oh my goodness. But I guess I should have expected this. I love it. But I didn't. Yeah. I mean, you should have. It's what, what, what's there to dislike? Well, so I also was excited about it when I first heard about it, but then that was met with more trepidation as the months went on and other adapted novels were coming out. And I was just like, oh, it's so hard to do this well. This is like a weird book to begin with in many ways. I wonder how they're going to adapt it. Uh, I watched the first three episodes when they came out. And I will admit, unless, like, until you said we should do a, a podcast on this, I probably would have let it sit for another couple of weeks, maybe months until I ran out of things to watch and wanted to come back to it. Not that I hated it. I just, that's how I was, it was more on the like back burner shows for me. Um, I'm more hooked now that I've watched more episodes, but that's sort of how I am with all TV for the most part, unless it really, truly sucks. Yeah. And that's fair when we watch so much. And I would say like, we know the story because we read the book. Like if you weren't, I don't know, feeling really engaged with it, like I don't think that's a bad thing. I still think it's like a well-done show, but I could also see how you'd get there with the week by week model where it's just like, I know this story. I don't need to come back to it right now. But you, at least I, like ended up really falling in love with like these portrayals. I feel like the casting's mm. so good. The things that they've changed. I love Calvin. I actually like for the most part. Not that I know I'm like that. They changed them. That will always like sort of irk me with like adaptations. <laughs> but I am a really trying to like, not think about what was changed, which is somewhat yeah. easy because I read this about a year ago, so I'm not like super fixated on it. But the bigger changes, some new characters and things like that, I actually really like. And again, we can talk about this more, but I think for people who've read the book, there's nothing to fear. It's generally a very good adaptation in terms of like, if you'll be mad about it or not based on reading the book. And if you haven't read the book, like a hundred percent watch the show, I think. Uh, your first point, people who read the book, there's, there's always someone that's going to be mad. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's always like some course. detail that they loved in the book. That's just not in the series. Um, but I, I'm, I'm more hesitant. I, I think it's a good show out of all the shows out there right now. I think it is a, a decent one. I, after the first three or four episodes was a little bit still, I, I didn't quite it didn't quite catch me on its on the way that it was doing certain things, which again we will get into. Um, I felt I always feel like I I jump to pacing, but there are quite a few flashbacks and flash forwards in this series. And in the first few episodes, I did find the way that they were going back and forth a little jarring. In a book, it's a little different. You've got like a full chapter break, and you might be like, "Wait, hold on, where are we?" But it's it's a book you can pretty easily find your spot. It's not. I didn't find it as easy in the first few episodes. So I, I was, I was more hesitant, I guess is my point. I don't want to say too much else. I don't disagree. I, I, like I said, I do have qualms. I'm being probably as excited Optimistic. as That's I am. Good. Not even that. It's just, I really, really liked this book for how it made me feel. Not even that it was like the best well-written or the most original or like whatever. It just, I loved it I felt, I felt happy reading it I felt inspired we're just kind of a feat with some of the parts of this book okay no yes. they're obviously very very sad parts but like the overall takeaway was that of like enjoyment entertainment and happiness and I'm getting that from the show mm. in a way that like a lot of shows don't do for me especially because I watch a lot yeah. of very dark and dismal and like 
murder stuff. And this this murder show stuff. is just really working yes. for me. It's not a perfect show. It's not an A plus show. I will say for me, even it's just a very solid, good, entertaining, happy, inspiring show. And I love, love, love Brie Larson. I will always be like, she's my favorite. I love her so much. I love Brie Larson. She is one of the reasons. She's not one of the, I, I do like her in this. She's playing it very differently than I expected. I don't know that it's my favorite portrayal. I will say. No, we can talk about that too. Should we get I in? agree with that uh, somewhat. Okay. But um, before we go into spoiler stuff, we didn't say a single bit about what this Anything is about. about that. Uh, and perhaps people know, maybe they don't <laughs> need the premises. I don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. So adapted from a book by Bonnie Garmus, Lessons in Chemistry follows Elizabeth, a woman in the 60s, 60s, 50s. 50s who is working at a lab. She has a master's in chemistry, but she's not allowed to be a scientist at this lab. She's basically a lab tech, but she's the smartest one there. She faces rampant sexism, et cetera, et cetera. Through a weird series of events, she becomes a cooking show host and embodies the like, or imbues the show with her chemistry background. And there's sort of an interesting angle there. And that's that's probably enough premise. So yeah, I think so. Spoilers now for which which show? Uh, yeah. So I guess spoilers put it, now. Uh, woo, 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 big warning. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers now for a little which yeah. show? siren. Yeah, that was my was whatever. that not a clear? clear it's like the last time I made a foghorn or whatever, <laughs> and it was terrible. Not a foghorn. That's like, <laughs> ugh, we, we can't do we can't do this again. Which which show? Which show do you want to start with? Do you would you like to go into lessons chemistry because we're already have, we're on fire there? Sure. Um, so spoilers for lessons in chemistry ahead. Yes. So you got really excited after the most recent episodes. What, what about, when did you get hooked? I want to know, like, what was your, were you hooked from episode one? I think I always liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I will say the last couple of episodes, I definitely was like, I must watch the next one immediately. Whereas Mm -hmm. after the first two, I, I maybe felt more like you where I was like, okay, it's just following the book. I know what's going on here. Like I'm liking it all, but it's not hooking me. But mm-hmm. maybe as we get into parts that I don't remember as much from the book, or you know what? I think also part of it is Harriet being a a new, a, entirely different character with different motivations and a different story. And I really like her story. And I think that's adding a lot to the show. And so that's probably partially what's making me more engaged yeah I agree I that was one of the I was worried about plot line because in other parts like earlier in the show they changed things but then kept other parts exactly the same and with Harriet that would just not possible like she ends up with Walter in the end in the book right maybe yeah I kind of forgot yeah she, like her husband is a bad dude he's abusive in the, in the book. book yeah he's abusive in the book she winds up um divorcing him and her arc is a different one like she it's it's also very uplifting in many ways but it's it's totally different she doesn't have kids um I don't no, think she's, or else they're grown and, yeah very much a different person she's like an old white catholic lady with an abusive husband right and i was worried that they were going to change parts elements like now she is a black woman who is a lawyer who is like trying to fight for the right of their community not to have a highway built through it which is 
another interesting story. I was worried that they were still going to make, you know, her husband abusive, like her end up with Walter in the end. I was like, how much of this are they going to change? This seems weird. <laughs> and so I was worried. And now that we're a little bit further in, it feels less and less like they're going to stick to any of the true parts of the Harriet in the books, except that she and Elizabeth are friends. Yeah, I think it's a which, different which I'm fine different with. person. None of that will be yeah, a part of this. That makes me feel better. I <laughs> yeah. honestly had completely forgotten everything about Harriet except for the fact that she was an old white lady. And so I knew it was a different character, but I couldn't remember anything else. But I like the addition of Harriet's fight for basically like racial equality, paralleling Elizabeth's fight for like gender equality, because I think it adds it adds so much to the book or the, to the story that wasn't there, which is like intersectionality. And like there was such right. a good moment yeah, in episode six where she was like, you have a platform and none of us do. And that's so important. And like what you say, what you don't say is just as important as what you say. And like. The whole point of the story is supposed to be, I guess, uplifting. It's supposed to be like pointing out that I, I think the takeaway is like the sexism of that time was like, yeah, really bad. And we can point to it and be like, oh my God, it's horrible. But like, how different is it really from now? And sort of drawing parallels there. And there's so much of that that intersects with racial equality that I think is missing from the book. My only concern is that it's a lot the show now has a lot to say and it's maybe not as strong in some of the like I don't know in some of the other aspects but I don't I don't think that's a real criticism I think that was that was just a one sort of concern I had was that it, if it tries to say too much it's saying nothing but I I thought it did it really well so far in episode six I thought it was handled well I'm worried because of how I'm worried that it's only going to be one season. And I will admit I did not look this up and that they're going to try to cram the arcs of both these stories into fewer episodes than they deserve. I same. same That's thing. what I mean. Yeah. I uh, think they are. I think this yeah. is a miniseries. I think there's only eight episodes. So we have two left. Yeah. That's a, that's a bummer because I totally agree with you. It, I, I'm enjoying both stories. I obviously know the one that came from more directly from the book better. So I, it's not like I'm not going to know what's going to happen there but I would still like to see them both play out in a way that makes sense and like tonally and um temporally I guess with pacing like I, I want all of the character development to make sense and part of the thing that's annoying me I'll be honest is the rapid swap back and forth between timelines which happens in the book but I think at a more reasonable pace and it makes more sense and they don't happen with Harriet's story because we don't have a direct line of sight into her story the way we do Elizabeth. Like we have her background more. Who knows? Maybe we'll get that soon. But like as a child, um, earlier in her career, trying to get her PhD back with um, like baby mad. And then now, I don't know. It's, it hasn't bothered me. Uh, I'm not as much but i know what you mean and the episode where there was like a lot of flashbacks to her childhood felt like a, a little at first i was like what are we doing here who are these people like but i i thought they handled it well one one thing the episode where uh we meet walter and his daughter for the first time and in the 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 episode right prior to that ends with elizabeth realizing that her daughter's not eating her lunch 
and we see her and her daughter and she like berates her and then she goes and storms into Walter's office. And then the little girl's like, can I be excused? Cause she knows that she's been eating Elizabeth's or daughter's lunch, whatever. And then the next episode starts and they treat us as though we don't realize who mad is and who I can't remember her friend's name. The little girl. I don't know if they say it. Walter's, Walter's, Walter's daughter. daughter. Yeah. I felt like they were trying to make it out in the flashbacks as though we were supposed to think mad was Walter's daughter who was being, cause they don't mention her name. She's sort of like the main character in that, in those flashbacks of the kids making fun of her shoes. And we were like, supposed to think that Walter's hard- daughter was Elizabeth's daughter. Mad. Yes. I thought that. That's what I was. Right. That's what I was getting from that. But we had already seen Matt. No, we hadn't. And we had already seen Walter's daughter did, in the previous episode. Did you watch the like. She asks to. What, what's coming next on. The very first time we see anyone who might be her daughter. It's at the very end of episode uh, four or three. At the very end of episode three, she has a kid. She says, I wonder who you're going to end up being. And so seven years later, and we see this little girl sitting on the swing set and she's eating lunch by herself. That's the end of the episode. So in that moment, we're supposed to think that's Elizabeth's daughter. And then the next episode, we get the rest of it. We see that it's actually this other little girl who comes into the picture. And then we find out that the other girl was eating her lunch. I could swear we already saw Walter's daughter. I don't know how you saw Walter's daughter, but definitely not because I wrote down notes. Even I was like, "Wow, I really like the way they did this." Huh? I don't. I don't know how, yeah. how you already knew, but and I guess I could have guessed, but no, I I love the way they did that. Oh, I well, maybe if I maybe if if I'm wrong and I had watched it without having somehow seen Walter's daughter beforehand, I would have liked it better. But it, I I was sort of like, why are they treating us as though we haven't seen her? I don't before? know how you, we know that this is. I don't know how that happened for you. That's but that's sad because like I never really watched liked, the previously on or the next up. It was <laughs> I, never happened. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Somehow you knew, but I I didn't know, and I liked. I liked that because so we think it's her daughter because mm. it's the, of the I wonder who you're going to be. And then it's seven years later and because she's eating like a fancy lunch. And what's interesting and why I really liked the way they did this is I'm looking at this little girl. And this is also why the casting's so good. The performances are so good, even in the children. I'm looking at this little girl eat her lunch and she looks sad. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't know that they cast the little girl correctly. Like the little girl in the book is very precocious, very like her mom. Mm -hmm. And then in the next episode, when we finally get to meet Elizabeth's actual daughter and she says things like, what's the difference between, she asks like two words. And then she goes, I see. I think she's like seven. I was like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. they cast this well. And it was just such a fun little bait and switch. Yeah, I guess scratch what I said, unless I come back in the next podcast episode with vindicative proof. But anyhow, you could try. I, I do like the little girls. I think they're great. I I like, oh my God, I wish, I, I like Lewis Pullman as Calvin Evans in the first two episodes. I'm glad that he's coming back, but I don't love that he's coming back in like figments of Elizabeth's imagination. I don't think that's very true to the book, Elizabeth. I don't think she would have like visions of him. I agree. And that's one of my biggest problems is like Elizabeth isn't quite right. Like the characterization is different for sure. She's much more easily, she can easily access her emotions, which I don't think book Elizabeth could. I mean, book Elizabeth is questionably on the spectrum i don't think that's like 
Um, I think they're trying to do that here, but in a it's it's in a like stilted way rather than a accurate. It's way. like they decided to only keep the parts where she's like really smart and sort of talks like over people or like doesn't quite you know meet people on their wavelength, but like took out the rest of the personality, and it it feels a little bit like mm, strange to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brie Larson, not my favorite in this. Calvin Evans, Lewis Pullman. I really like. Well, I think his, this is the directing. I think Brie Larson is in, is acting incredibly. Can do you no wrong. No, I mean, yeah, I'll always <laughs> defend her. I love her so much. But I think her performance is genuinely really, really good. It has to have been. I mean, it's obviously written into the script like, oh, she sees a hallucination of him. Like you said, like, I don't know why they chose mm-hmm. to write the character like this. And I don't, but I, I like yeah. Elizabeth when she is written like the book when she's performing in the show and all that I think she's perfectly cast and I I really Mm. see Elizabeth in her in those moments but I just don't think she's written quite right and quite how I expected and I will say it's bumming me out a little bit because I think that's such a she's such a strong voice in the book and it's like taking away a little bit for her to be more normal Mm -hmm. I I mean uh, to be more like (laughs) Mm. to to be able to express emotions more more normally i guess is is the point uh i really want to just quickly say uh, something i'd meant to say when we were first talking about harriet's story in this is that that moment that you mentioned where harriet gives her the, the like hey you have a platform you can't just pick and choose like we can't just pick and choose what happens to us but you can pick and choose what you say and who hears it um i thought that was great also Again, I it could still be playing into they're doing a lot of things and too much, but that specific kind of set of scenes happens right after she tries to make a stand for what she believes in, which is not to just push products because they're paying you, especially when she thinks they're bad. And then her staff is pretty upset because they were let they they, they were on leave without pay for a couple of days. And so her hair and makeup artist is sort of like, hey, next time you try to make a stand, like think of all the people that are working under you. And so it it does a good job of she's trying to make a stand, but she's also trying to do right by the people and how you should like intersectionality in feminism and in other movements is hard and important. And it's not always a clear cut what you should do because you're going to, you're going to step on some, some people, some issues. Um, And so it's, it was interesting to, I kind of wish that they had, explored that decision a little bit more but i'm i'm overall happy with like how those scenes are being handled it's it's less of a clear-cut line like oh obviously just do the right thing and more like hey doing the right thing takes some nuance it's kind of hard you do have to think like there are people from all sides saying this is what's right and this is what's best for me i think they could have done more like you said i think they showed how hard it was for elizabeth how sort of scared she was and second guessing her own decision she was in the filming of the show. I think like her hand is shaking maybe while she's talking. So they gave us like just a little bit. I I think they could have explored it more, but I also think that sort of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is like, there's a limited amount of time to put both of these storylines together. And I guess we'll see how it it works out and how like carefully it's handled, but it, it might be like a little not imperfect, I guess. 
Right. It was also less impactful because afterwards we realized that she's done all the calculations and can pay her staff while they're on leave. Like she's, she's figured out how much she can put up so that even if she does take a stand and they're let off without pay for however many days that she can support them, which it would be like, if she couldn't do that, obviously it would be a more difficult decision, but also if she could do that the whole time, like what? Anyway, it's just a little bit of a like hiccup in the ah, it's all smoothed over. This is actually like Elizabeth's doing the right thing and she's going to let her staff be paid, which is just not a luxury that's always afforded. No, I think this everyone show is very, and the book was too, and books and shows like this are always yeah. very, the easy glossy in the end version of like fighting for equality. And that's okay to me. I like, I wrote this down actually. I, with shows and movies like this, uh, hidden figures kept popping into mind. I know that's based on a real story, but like shows where somebody overcomes discrimination I, is probably like the umbrella genre. Specifically though, women, I think when women are in a situation where they're overcoming like gender discrimination, I am such a sucker for those. Like give me a story where a woman like enters a male workforce and like rises to the top and is like in the end respected like i will cry i will be i will be so into that but uh, they are also very like emotionally manipulative because it's very much like woo mm. she did it in the end life is much harder and messier and worse so yeah. like you said it's a little too easy but i think in my shows i'm okay with that i am loving the way that all of the women like elizabeth and harriet and then fran from hastings like the old coworker how everyone is sort of like it is coming together of women supporting women after women have been formally tearing down women because they thought that's how they had to get ahead. And like, as the episodes go on, it's sort of like, hey, maybe we could all work together. And which is always another uplifting the thing. Friend story line. <laughs> yeah, the friend storyline is like that in the book too. And I remember right. thinking like, it's a little too easy, but I like it and it's making me happy. And it hmm. probably made me cry when I read it in the book. I just... I like being emotionally manipulated in that way. <laughs> like, okay, the point where the guy comes up to Elizabeth while they're filming or before they're filming and says, coffee. And she says, sure, how do you take it? And he says, no, know, that's my yeah. job to get you coffee. Dude, I literally teared up. <laughs> teared up. <laughs> like she, And she, this is what I mean by Brie Larson is performing incredibly. I don't actually know if Elizabeth would have, if we would have seen Elizabeth's emotion the way that we saw it in Brie Larson, like I said, I think they changed the character a little, but for her to react in a subtle way, but that shows that she's like surprised and happy and like, it's, it's perfect. That scene was really well done, if not very emotionally manipulative. I don't want to nitpick this because I think I don't want to talk about it too much, but I don't think the Elizabeth in the books would have even assumed that he was asking her for coffee, or even if she assumed that he was asking her for coffee, he, he, she wouldn't have said yes. I think she would have been like, that's not my job here. Yeah. She was only doing it at Hastings because she wanted to do chemistry. This isn't even a job she wanted. I think the point I, yeah. is that she is so used to, to doing that. Yes. I I kind of get what you mean. I, I think the character is definitely different. And like I said, it's like not my favorite choice that they made, but at this point, I just have to accept that it's made. I kind of felt the way I did with Daisy Jones. Like first few episodes, I was like, this is not my Daisy Jones. And then I got over it and I was like, <laughs> she is the Daisy Jones of this story and I will like it for mm -hmm. what it is. And she in this world, and now I'm talking about 
lessons in chemistry. She in this world yes. like makes sense for this world. And it is a different world than it was in the book. Very slightly. And in some ways it's better. And in some ways I think it detracts, but all in all, it's just different. And that's a classic book adaptation thing to have to like get over. I don't think it's, I don't think it's horrible though. Can we talk about one thing before we move to Buccaneers? And that is the BJ Novik of it all in episode three. In I thought it was weird, but I didn't hate it. I, I, episode, episode three, three, I didn't hate, I didn't hate that they used the narration of the dog. It works just as weirdly as it does in the book, in my opinion, like it was weird in the book. It was weird in the show, but you just kind of get used to it. Do you think it will come back like it did in the book? Or do you think it's a one-off episode thing? I think that would be too strange. Because, And I remember thinking in the book, too, after they used it another time, I was like, it's still weird. And it's not what I expected when I cracked open this book. But it kind of works. It's a little weird. And so is the story. I think it's weirder in the TV show. I So far, I have not. Like, I've sort of forgotten about it after watching the other episodes, which is why I think I'm enjoying the show better. Uh, it's like they've changed. That's the other thing. They've changed things about 630 and about his, like about how the death of Walter happened. Why did I call him Walter? I don't know. Why did you call him Walter? Calvin? No, I don't know. Are you searching yeah, for his Calvin. name? That is his name. No, I mean, who? who oh, Walter's, yeah, Walter's the a person. Other one. Okay. Sorry. That's why I said Walter. Um, yes, like that changed. And then his backstory when he was narrating as a dog also changed and that's one of the other things that i just don't under like i i don't know where they're going with it if they're going anywhere with it it doesn't make as much sense that he's just like a cockadoodle whatever <laughs> cocker spaniel slash golden doodle who was training to be a bomb sniffing dog i'm sorry is that supposed to be ridiculous that he's this like fluffy pup i don't i he was with all i didn't of the think gold, about it i'm it's probably just German whoever shepherds. they could get for <laughs> dog casting i honestly did not think twice okay anyway he's supposed to be like scrungly and scraggly um but i'm not loving that and i just wanted to fit that in as why i was a little bit further like down on the show more maybe than you in the beginning yeah but um we'll see how it goes i feel like it really like does not gel all together like the book in the book it doesn't all gel together the tones are all over the place the story is weird it's this story about gender inequality and it's a woman starts a cooking show that would definitely never actually be popular and there's so much suspension of disbelief that it ends up gelling even though it doesn't seem like it should gel and I think that in the end of the show I'll feel the same way I do think that it was a little odd and maybe I haven't gotten that sense from the rest of the show as much as I did in the book. And so it's like a little bit of an outlier to have had this random narration, but I don't, I didn't hate it. I'll take, I'll take that. Um, yeah, we can move to the, Buff- to the Buffaneers, to the Buccaneers for the last 10 or so minutes of our pod. I just want to, there are fewer episodes of this. I don't know if you have less to say. I have Neither of us has read to say. the source material. No, I have definitely not read. I've never read a single Edith Wharton material. Have you? <laughs> single material. No, I uh, maybe, but not. I can't name anything off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, let's get into it then. I have thoughts. Now you can say what you're going to say. I can't say. remember what I was going to do. Do you remember what we were talking about when I said? I- no, I just asked what you liked and disliked. And you're like, I'll tell you later. 
Okay. So I hate so many people. Let's just, I can just list the people. The C character name, Conchita. Conchita. Oh, I don't think she's a great actress either. Oh, no, no, no. Stop. I love Alicia Bow. I was not about to say anything I like about... Alicia Bow. I don't think she's doing a great job in this character. I think she's doing a good job. I think the character okay. is underdeveloped, but so many of them are. I think she's doing a good job. I'll what I was going to say is that why do they have this like vivacious, beautiful woman dating a literal like piece of toast? Sorry, married to and has a child with, not dating. Married to a piece of toast, a piece of white bread. Untoasted white bread. To be, f- you're talking looks, or are you talking everything? He has no defining characteristics. They've given him zero development as a character. I know nothing about this man other than that he's a lord. I think, unfortunately, that is sort of the point. Is we only really see him when he's back in his buttoned up state, where he like really doesn't have a personality. I think that's the point. I think like she fell in love with a version of him that was fun and vivacious. And we like get a glimpse. I I agree. There's not like a ton of development there of his character. And he is uh, sort of a piece of toast in terms of how he looks as well. But he, from like 10 minutes into the first episode to basically where we are, he's repressed. He's He's got no personality because that's who he has to be to be a Lord. I think that's kind of the point. I still think they, I, could, they could show yeah. us more of his fun personality then. There's not enough. I think that the yeah. youngest, well, I assume she's supposed to be the youngest character. The y- younger sister of Lizzie, Mabel, Mabel yeah. is, <laughs> this is just, this is where I like, I struggle to be mean in a public forum, but she is a bad actress. Oh my God, it's bad. Especially compared to everyone else who's doing like, I think the acting is in general quite good in the show. The performances are good, like really good for the most part. And then she speaks and I'm immediately taken out of it. To, I think that might be how I am a little bit with with Alicia Bow as well. I think both of them feel too modern in the way they're speaking. And then maybe Mabel's character is also just like less of a good actress in general. But they it feels very like 2022 to 2024, like just like saying lines while dressed up in period pieces. I disagree with Alicia Bow, but know. very much agree with Mabel I'm switching I'm mixing actor names and character names I don't know Mabel's name (laughs) Josie Tota is her name I'll say character names Conchita I get the sense sometimes this is my only qualm with her my only flaw I get the sense sometimes that she's putting on this sort of like late 19th century accent or sort of like uh intonation and then sometimes it's very 2023 and it it's not consistent Mm -hmm. and that's my issue it's not a huge issue though but the other girl is just straight up like vocal fry, same lines, like she's in Riverdale and with acting to match. Not not yeah. to besmirch Riverdale, but, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, smirch but that's away. what I'm doing. Uh, okay. You want to keep labeling off people you don't like? I or... love Lizzie. I would die for Lizzie. <laughs> she's so great i love her so much oh oh yes she's beautiful she's, no that's what i mean like I, i'm literally in love with her the fact that they keep talking about her as like the not so beautiful friend i'm like she, oh my god she's stabby in the heart i'm obsessed with her her storyline with the guy what's his name guy oh um, no there is a guy, guy. guy this guy's name is james <laughs> james is so obviously a piece of shit but he is 
he's a rich caricature. Like, I don't know. There's like not actual depth there. It's like, oh, he's the monster, like the sister said. And obviously we see him do a very like terrible thing. And then we see him like gaslight. He's just like a um, skeeve. Yeah. Jenny in the last episode. But like, is he supposed to be a psychopath? Like he's playing it like he's a psychopath. Like there's no light behind his eyes. I think so. Yeah. I think he's supposed to just be someone who, yeah, gets off on manipulating people and gaslighting people as a psychopath. And I'm just yeah. not in a show where there's, there's not a lot of people to like, you can't give me a character this dislikable, un- unlikable. Oh, I was going to say, I think it could be if he were better, if he were more convincing of an actor, it might feel a little less weird, but I don't, I think he, I, I'm okay that that character is there. Yeah, maybe it is that he's like he's you. dead behind the eyes in a way that like gives psychopath, but it also gives like didn't fully show up to work. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet how I <laughs> yeah. really feel about it. I just know I don't like him. You're not supposed to, and I don't. You're not supposed to, but but I also just don't like. It's not fun to watch. Like it's fun to watch Joe and you. He's a psychopath, but he's bringing something to it. I'm getting like right. nothing and from the- this man. The way that you don't buy Conchita and her husband, I don't buy that the two of them, like I get that he's wealthy. I don't buy that the two of them were actually at all like enamored with James at all. He doesn't, he didn't do anything to woo them. No, my- It wasn't like, he wasn't alluring or or like even just like mysterious. There was none of that. That didn't, that doesn't check out. My biggest issue to get away from just naming people I don't like for a second. My biggest issue with the show is probably what I would dislike maybe about all period dramas, though. I don't watch them. Is that everybody is supposedly in love in two seconds. And there's no buildup at all. I don't even know anything about these people before suddenly they're engaged. I don't know about them individually. I don't know about their relationship because there isn't one. Guy showed up and then proposed the next time we saw him. And I literally still don't know who he is. Theo. His guy? um Which his one's... his name as an actor is actually Guy, but that's the character Guy is someone else. He's Theo. You're talking about the that's Duke, right? So confusing. <laughs> I'm talking about it's very Theo. Confusing. Sorry. Yes. Oh, we wait. literally see Theo on the beach. That's like the first time we meet him with Fran. Fran and the- Fran. Nan. Nan. <laughs> Fran's in lessons <laughs> in chemistry. Nan and Theo meet. And then he proposes. And I still, every time he shows up, two episodes later, I'm like, I don't know a single thing about Theo. Other than he paints, everybody has like their epithet, and that's all I know. Yes, yeah, that is sort of a period drama y thing, and like love back. I mean, in those stories, at least, I think is a different. It was more, more like infatuation, and then as the story goes on, you see them either grow in or out of love of their partnerships. In Jane Austen and things like that, it is a little bit more of a slow burn because you have to get a full book to get two characters together. But in a lot of those novels, two people do quote unquote fall in love very quickly. Often, often that's not what, like who they end up with in the end. Um, So you never know. Maybe that's the point. I kind of think that's the point of. I think it is, but there's still, and I've only read Pride and Prejudice and never read any other Jane Austen books. So I, again, period dramas are not my thing, but there's character development in those stories in that story. Again, just talking about the one mm-hmm. that I've read, but there's just so little development here because like we said earlier, there's too many characters. Can I just say what I my hope is? Because I think oh, this is my this is my hopeful prediction. Because it's an Edith Wharton 
thing, even though I just said, I don't really know that much about it, but it is, I know that it is supposed to be a, more of like a look at society and, and the marriages that happened here, but we're already seeing the breakdown of Ginny and James's marriage. That was a mistake. I think Nan and Theo, even though to like viewers of Bridgerton or whatever would be like, oh my God, swept away, true love, it's a Duke, he's hot, she's hot, they work. I think they're going to either get together or just like almost get together and then become disillusioned with one another, realize they don't know anything. I mean, Nan already knows that she doesn't know anything about him, but that's not the pairing. Like I, that's my, I think I'm hoping that the story is going to become more realistic as in like, okay, they're teenagers. They have these feelings of, they have these pressures of society to marry someone that is proper for them. And also that they feel anything for. And so because she, like Nan and Theo connected for a hot second on a beach. He thinks, oh my God, she's the one for me because he's a teenager and she's hot and cool. Like the same way in high school, you would be like, I'm absolutely in love. It's just that back then you could get married <laughs> at that age and no one would stop you. In fact, people might encourage it because the other person had money. Anyway, I'm getting away from the point. My prediction is that Theo, as much as I love you, buddy, you're not going to be for Nan. And it's going to be more of an exploration of, of like the women becoming themselves and also how marriages in this time could be pretty destructive and bad. But they're yeah. also very clearly setting up a love triangle. And I don't think it'll be just that. I think it'll be that she ends up with, what's his face? Guy. <laughs> the actual guy. Actual guy <laughs> that we meet in the very first scene and then barely see again. We've seen him in the smallest of moments throughout these four episodes. But they're clearly building They've up. They've met love at triangle. least like six times. Yeah, but they meet yeah. and they talk for like two seconds. And there's just there is literally too much going on in this show for me to yeah. care about yeah. any one person at this time. Perhaps I will eventually. Anyway, I think they're building yeah, up they this could've... love triangle, and I don't hate it. But like, they also haven't shown much of it, so it's hard for me to like. I'm not team anyone because I don't know either of these men. Yeah, they're doing a lot. They're even, I mean, now in the most recent episode with Christina Hendricks's character, Mrs. St. George, and her husband, who is clearly like a piece of shit, <laughs> the colonel, even though at first we think of him as like a fun-loving dad, um, all of the marriages in this show seem to be easy to break down. And, and like, we haven't seen one instance of true love, except perhaps... I think maybe we were supposed to believe Lord Richard, whatever, and Conchita. And even that is sort of like, are they actually? It doesn't seem like he actually loves her. Oh, that last scene in the episode with him going into the... We haven't even talked about the the governess. Um, what are we talking about? The governess. The governess in the bath. And then Lord Richard or whatever walks in and sits in the room in the bath. Did you not watch this episode? I don't remember that. Say more, maybe it'll <laughs> jog my memory. I swear I watched it. Did you watch the episode where, okay, so you said Ginny gets gaslit by, like, at the party yes. that's thrown for them. First of all, there's all the stuff going down where the colonel hasn't told Nan the true, like, who her mother is. My first guess was that it was the governess because of the way that the governess looked at the colonel after all this was going down like they shared a, a gaze and I was like oh I wonder if the governess is Nan's mom and then they just kept her on to like raise her um but then at the end of the episode the governess is in 
for the governess has told Conchita, like he's a lord, Richard. Richard is a lord. He's never going to choose you over power. And to be powerful, he has to stay in England. He's not going to move to New York. And Conchita is seen talking to Richard and trying to convince him. And then they get into an argument. And then he leaves and goes and opens the door. And there's the governess naked in a bathtub. And he goes and he like loosens his tie and sits next to her. And she like rubs his head. Yes. I was like, what the heck is up with this? And that's why I texted you. And I was like, wait, hold on. What's going on? Who, how is everyone connected? What's what, what is this? And that's when it started to feel like gossip girl. I literally don't know what you're talking about. When did you text me? (laughs) Oh, like a day or two ago when I was watching it. Did you not see this, this part? No, I'm, I, well, Last thing I saw was the mom asking for a divorce, basically, and the dad being like, you're nothing without me, and her just, like, continuing to polish his medals, and that was sad. It was sad. But again, (laughs) there's too many characters. Why should I care about these people? Wait, that's that's two separate things. I agree there are too many characters. Why should I care about anyone when they haven't given me a reason to care about anyone? Because there's so many people. I'm currently invested a little bit in the more the plot than the characters. Like I want to know, except I am interested. They've already they've already started breaking down. I feel like Theo was supposed to be this. Like we don't know that much about him, but he's a mysterious duke. He's pretty to look at. He seems to love Nan, but then he gets this letter that Guy meant for Nan to get, basically professing his love. And Guy's like, oh no, I got to lock Nan down, which is a slimy thing to do, to just be like, marry me now before Guy can get his grips into you. And and that breaks down any of the facade of he's the perfect dude. And so that's that's interesting to me. I want to know who Nan's mother is, why they're keeping it a secret. I want to know what the deal with the governess and Richard or whatever is, and if she's got something to do with the colonel as well, like what, just what's going on there. I'm interested in the threads. Oh, I'm not interested in that part, but do you not believe that the dad doesn't remember who the mom, who Nan's mom really is? At the very end. Okay. You definitely missed the end of the episode. (laughs) Okay. I watched it with my eyeballs, but Piper was having a meltdown. So I'll, I'll go back. I will go back and watch. Okay. Because at the end, the, um christina hendrix and the guy who plays whatever mr st george have this conversation and he's like she asked me about her mother and mrs st george says like you lie you didn't tell her the truth did you and he's like of course not oh okay so i am interested i'll go back and watch the last <laughs> okay. 10 minutes piper got spayed i know two days ago and it's been and I'm, i was very distracted so uh she's fine i need to i need to go check on her but i think we're all set I think that wraps it up we'll catch up i think we need to talk about maybe the curse next because that's the other show we've both been watching so tune in next time for maybe the buccaneers again just to sell this and then the curse we could do a catch up on the we'll have two more episodes of lessons in chemistry one or two more of we'll have a few more episodes of all this stuff so hopefully people are watching along with us and we'll catch you then Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.